The holiday season is now upon us. The year is absolutely flying by, and the news never stops. That's why we at the DSR Network have expanded our programming to cover even more of the world's events. We hope you will consider supporting our work by becoming a member. Members enjoy an ad-free listening experience, bonus content for virtually all of our shows, an invitation to the member-only Slack community, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of November, you can take 50% off the membership price for the first month. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code STUFFING at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code STUFFING. Thank you very much for your support. Hello and welcome to DSR's Daily Look at the News. Some people call it the Daily Doom Scroll, but sometimes we throw in a little bit of good news here and there. I'm David Rothkopf, one of your co-hosts, joined by Chris Kotlar. How are you doing today, Chris? Doing fantastic, thank you. Fantastic, and maybe even doing better, Riley Fessler. How are you doing, Riley? Doing better. Doing better. That's all we can hope for, day in and day out. Chris, what's your first story? Uh, the House passed stopgap legislation to avoid a government shutdown in what Speaker Johnson calls a ladder approach, where the government uh, will fund 20% through January and the rest through February. Um, there is still the possibility uh, that a government shutdown could still happen. In January, um, the Senate is expected to pass the bill. Um, it seems to me like a good step forward. And when I get into my s- second story today, uh, you'll understand why. Um, in any case, I think this is good news. And I'm happy that we're not, you know, at 11 p.m. on Friday waiting for these folks to uh, pass legislation to keep people. Um, people's paychecks flowing. Yeah, well, it's a good step forward in the sense that it's not absolutely craptastic. Um, uh, it's certainly no way to run an airline, though. I mean, you know, this, uh, 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 you know, constantly on the edge of collapse, nobody being able to move bills uh, for normal appropriations process, and we don't look any closer to that. The Republicans deeply divided, and I know you're going to get to that, Chris. So let's go to Riley. I've cheated and combined kind of two stories about Israel today. Um, yesterday there was a march for Israel on the National Mall, and that saw tens of thousands of people in attendance. Some notable speakers: Chuck Schumer, Hakeem Jeffries, Mike Johnson, and Joni Ernst all took the stage together and actually joined hands to kind of show solidarity with Israel. Um, and really, I combine this with my second story just to highlight kind of the how polarized public opinion is on this entire conflict um, because Israel conducted a raid on the Al-Shifa hospital yesterday, which was kind of a culmination of a several-day siege on the area. They alleged that Hamas was running oper- military operations out of the hospital uh, and that there were tunnels underneath it, which... Hamas and the hospital have denied. Um, but really, just the backlash from that has been pretty extreme as thousands of civ- or hundreds of civilians are trapped inside the hospital 
uh, including dozens of premature babies. So it's really just continuing this kind of trend of sharp polarization on this issue. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. I was in uh, North Carolina on on the weekend, and I drove through kind of rural North Carolina, you know, deeply red North Carolina, where there are a lot of Trump stickers, Trump flags, Trump won in 2020, um, banners uh, all over the place. And right next to the American flags in a lot of the yards of farms in the middle of rural uh, North Carolina were Israeli flags. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. This is this is not the usual coalition that comes together to support Israel. Um, this the, the you know these people are probably evangelical. Um, uh, there were a lot of evangelicals present in the march yesterday. Uh, the politics of this are changing uh, rather rapidly as we go. Um, but of course, events like the one at the hospital um, uh, could 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 shift them. Yet again, uh, I, I I don't recall a situation where tensions were so high and um, and 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 the public mood was so extreme on an issue um, since nine eleven. Certainly, uh, Chris, for the sports report, uh, the GOP clown show or hashtag still a GOP clown show was trending on X this morning. I still don't quite understand why I can't search for Twitter on my phone and I have to use X and that yet twitter.com is still the URL, but I digress. Um, yesterday in a Senate hearing, uh, Senator Mark Wayne Mullen threatened uh, union leader Sean O'Brien um, by challenging him to a, a fight, um, an, an actual fist fight that Senator Bernie Sanders had to step into to stop uh, from happening, and and it this this is ridiculous. I get I get it, what a but big, this is dumb slab of beef that guy is. You know, he stood up, believable. He pumped out his chest and he started taking off his rings. Like, <laughs> I'm serious now, man. I'm gonna kick your ass. Uh, <laughs> and you know, eighty year old Bernie Sanders is like, God, this is the Senate. Sit down. Uh, but it wasn't the only incident like that yesterday in Capitol Hill, was it? No, it wasn't. Um, so in a tweet, uh, I saw in the last 12 hours, House Republicans had a shoving match. Matt Gates filed an ethics complaint against Kevin McCarthy. James Comer got his ass chewed out in a hearing. And Dems bailed out MAGA Mike to stop a GOP shutdown. It's just par for the fucking course. I don't think I could have summed it up better, David. Yeah, no, you know the the one I saw first thing in the morning was Kevin McCarthy elbowing another member of the Republican caucus on the back on his way down the hall, um, and then the guy starts to take off after him. These guys hate each other; they can't get anything done. And while it's kind of amusing on on some level. It reminds me of the Warriors-Timberwolves game last night when Draymond Green choked out Rudy Gobert um, uh, uh, in the the middle of a fight. Uh, Draymond Green has has an opportunity to join the Republican caucus, I think. Um, These guys 
uh, are legislators and the fact that they are so divided, so out of control, so out of touch with what their jobs really are, does not bode well for the year ahead. I, we may get less done in the next 12 months in the U.S. Congress than any of us have ever seen in our lifetime. They're completely dysfunctional. Riley? So there are going to be some closing arguments today in the Trump lawsuit in Colorado. So for those of our listeners who are not aware, this was one of the kind of movements in the several states to use the 14th Amendment, uh, which bars officials who have engaged in insurrection or rebellion from holding public office to argue that Trump is ineligible to run in 2024. Um, so this is the first one to actually go to trial. So again, closing arguments today from the lawyers. It was uh, the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington representing a group of, of Colorado voters. Um, not holding my breath on this one. It seems likely that this will stand even if it rules in the favor of the watchdog group simply because the Supreme Court, I am skeptical that they would uphold a ruling that would keep Trump off the ballot in 2024. But curious your thoughts on that, David. Well, I, I did see some comments yesterday noting that in Minnesota and Michigan, uh, Trump won a victory in the sense that uh, the, the the courts there said uh, that the, the people filing these suits couldn't keep him off the Republican primary ballot. The rationale being that the Republican primary has is is not something that is referred to in the Constitution. It is not uh, an issue uh, where this law um, prevails. And so, um, you know, I, I, I believe that these suits will be filed again in Minnesota and Michigan uh, as we approach the election. I, you know, I don't know that this is going to work. Should Trump be able to run? No, of course he shouldn't be able to run. He, you know, ran a coup against the United States. The 14th Amendment specifically applies to him. And all the people out there are like, well, this would really piss off all the Republicans. You know, I, I, my simple response to that is tough. Play by the rules. Don't have a coup. How hard is it to find a candidate who has not led a coup against the United States government? Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, the, the, there, there are plenty of Democrats who have a different view on this, but that's my view. Last story from you, Chris. Uh, turning to the UK, where, you know, they are the uh, pillar of democracy. Um, it's definitely the example the United States should be following. Not really. Uh, the UK Supreme Court um, ruled that the government's plan to send asylum seekers uh, to Rwanda was unlawful, uh, dealing another setback. Former Home Secretary Suella Braverman was fired, uh, and she shot back in a scathing letter criticizing Rishi Sunak's uh, government um, the Conservative Party in the United Kingdom seems to be uh, just as much of a mess uh, as it is in the United States. Um, I really just don't understand why we've completely disregarded the you know negotiation tactics, having conversations about legislating, and all we're doing around the world in democracies that are supposed to be strong uh, are fighting with each other. Well, there's a lot of that going on. Uh, by the way, the Labour Party in the UK is not in much better shape. And 
uh, yesterday. Its former leader, Jeremy Corbyn, was asked multiple times in an interview whether Hamas was a terrorist group, and he refused to say it was a terrorist group. And now there's a big movement afoot within the Labor Party to uh, call for a ceasefire in Israel, which is not going to happen, but, uh, it, you know, is sort of performative again. Um, so they're not high functioning. There are other countries that are working quite well and just not paying any attention uh, to the idiocy here. And we would do well to emulate their examples. Riley? So some Taiwan election news, actually. Um, the two main opposition parties have actually agreed to do a joint presidential ticket for the elections upcoming in January. And this is significant because both those parties have kind of made a made a big show of saying that they will renew talks with China. Talks, regular talks with China were halted in 2016 when the current president took office. So this would be a big kind of shift in policy. And the ruling party has alleged that Beijing has interfered um, in the election and has kind of helped precipitate this result. Um, so it's, that's going to be a big question going into the election in January. Um, the current race is the current vice president representing the ruling party. So poll, some polls show that a joint ticket would actually be able to topple the, the ruling party's candidate. So, you know, election interference is going to be a big issue next year, as we, we kind of talked about it on the show with the folks from Freedom House who warned about the spread of disinformation. So I'm curious if that'll play a role into this. Well, and uh, not, neither of you brought up what would have been the big story of the day uh, <clears throat> in almost any other um, situation, and that is that the President of the United States is meeting with the President of China today in the on the West Coast of California. Um, that you know, the leaders of the two most important countries in the world, which have some tensions and represent uh, some of the greatest challenges the world face in terms of the problems in their relationship are meeting in the hopes of trying to find some common ground. It looks like they will on fentanyl. It looks like they may uh, on uh, sort of stabilizing the dialogue. Neither of these countries wants a confrontation right now. Um, and uh, it is certainly healthy for the two of them to, um, uh, certainly healthy for the two of them to uh, be sitting down together. The last time this happened in Bali a year ago, uh, it, 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 it put the relationship back on a sounder footing uh, than it had been in on some time. So I, I think it's a good thing. Uh, we should look at it, watch it closely, not be distracted by everything else happening with a short-term implication. The long-term implications of this are great. Uh, for now, however, that's all we've got. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Raleigh. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back again tomorrow. By the way, the mothership of all DSR podcasts uh, will uh, take place this afternoon with uh, Rosa Brooks and Aaron David Miller and a discussion about the Middle East. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to make that one, but don't worry. You'll get plenty of me the rest of the time. Uh, until then, bye-bye.